0: For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah. Doing all right? Those of you watching online this evening, it's good to have you as well. My name's Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at CityWalk. We're so thankful that you're here this morning. And, and we're going to start our, our message this morning, or if you're watching online you're watching this evening, Uh, we're going to start with a few pictures. You guys ready? We're going to kind of wake up a little bit. I'm going to show you a few pictures, and here's what's going to be interesting at all all three of these pictures that I'm about to show you. All of us are going to see the same thing, but we're all going to think differently about the thing that we see. We're we're all going to see the exact same picture, but based on kind of how you frame the picture... You're going to think differently about it. So the first picture uh, is of a lion. And so if you were to see this lion and you were to have this lion kind of framed as, uh, you saw this lion as, you know, when you were at the zoo and that's kind of the frame you saw it through, that would be a really good thing. I mean, if you go to the zoo, I mean, you go to see a few different animals, but man, you really want to see a lion. And so if you saw this picture through the frame of a day at the zoo, you'd be like, man, yes, let's get a good picture of the lion. But if you saw this picture framed through an intruder in your backyard, you probably would think a little different about this lion. And it all comes down to how you see this picture and how you frame it. The next picture is a picture of fire. And if you were to frame this picture of fire through a cozy Christmas Eve with the family, everybody has their hot chocolate, and this fire is in the fireplace, and it's just that magical night. You're watching the, the Hallmark movie. I mean, it's just the twinkle lights are going just right. I mean, it's, this is perfect if you see fire through that frame. but. If you see that fire through the frame of a wildfire that, that de- devastates thousands of acres of land, you look at that fire differently. The, the third picture is a picture of some snow. And if you, for most, some of you are like, I don't care what frame I see that through, it's not going to be a good picture for me. Uh, But for some of you, you'd say, hey, man, if if we're going to Colorado and we're going to go on vacation and we're going to try to do some skiing and you see this picture through the frame of a ski vacation, you're like, yes, man, that would be perfect. But if you see this picture through the frame of a once in a generation snowstorm in Texas that shuts things down and messes everybody's water up that's probably, you know, that's not a good picture. You wouldn't like it. And whether we're aware of it or not, and and we we already kind of know this, but we see everything in life through a frame. In fact, I would go so far to say that the frame we see things through is actually sometimes more important than the thing we're actually seeing. And and you see this in relationships all the time. You you see this when when you or your spouse, you look at the exact same thing and you see it totally different. In fact, you may have actually said to somebody that you're close to, I I don't see how you see it that way. Like we're looking at the exact same thing. How do you see that that way? It's because of the frame that different people see it through. In our family, uh, one of the Things that my wife and I frame differently is our dogs. And if you've ever been to our farm, which isn't really a farm, but it seems like it sometimes because it's a house with three dogs and a cat in it, uh, you, you would see, and this is two of our dogs, we have a third one, a boxer that we love, that we agree on that. We definitely agree that we both love the boxer. So if you were to look, you look at this picture, you have uh, the Bernadoodle, whose name is Opal, That's my wife's dog. That dog is going to pay for my daughter's college education because it's going to have puppies one day. Uh, And then this dog over here is kind of my son and my dog. His name's Winston. And Winston is, at least what we were told, is a part boxer, part lab. We're still a little shaky on that, but that's what they told us. And so if you were to be at our house, this kind of running thing at our house is how much I'm not in love with Opal and how much my wife is not in love with Winston. And my wife literally yesterday said, you show that dog more grace than you show any other person in the world because, man, everything Winston does, I mean, he, we've literally come home from church and or different things and there used to be like a plate of muffins on the counter and now the plate's all gone. We've been to Thanksgiving dinner and come into the kitchen and part of the cheesecake crust has been eaten off and we debate, I think it was your dog. No, it was your dog, your dog. Because we look at those dogs through a totally different frame. My wife looks at Opal through a frame that I look at Winston through. We see things differently. And you probably, as you think about the relationships you have, as you think about the people that you work with, the the relationships at home, you understand this. You, you understand that people see things differently based on how they frame it. And here's, here's, uh, here's what I really want us to catch, and really maybe the, the key thought for the day is this, the frame I look at life through will determine my direction and impact. The frame that you see life through, the frame that I see life through, it has the potential to impact the direction of my life and therefore how my life impacts others. And, and you've seen this because, for instance, you've, you've seen a guy that, man, he grew up and he was trying to get his dad's approval. He was, his dad never appreciated him. His dad never maybe said, I love you to him. His dad never really said, hey, I'm proud of you. And so you watch this now adult man who looks at life through the frame of, I want to make my dad proud. And you've seen this, and we could use other examples where the frame that they see life through, everything in their life, whether they mean to or not, is, man, I want to make my dad proud. And so they look at their job through that. They look at their bank account through that lens. They look at their family through that lens. They might even look at the type of car they drive through a frame of, I want to make my dad proud. But here's something about the frames that maybe is a little discouraging. For a lot of us, the way you were brought up and the things in your life that you can't control has a lot to do with how you see life, how you frame things in your life. And, and for instance, the family you were born into. If you were born into a family with a mom and dad that loved you and loved each other, you see life a certain way. Maybe you were brought up in a family where, hey, your dad maybe left before you could even remember knowing him, and your mom was a single mom that had to work two jobs to just make things go, and and so you look at life differently. You, You look at life differently based on where you grew up. If you grew up in Beverly Hills, you look at life one way. If you look up, if you grew up in kind of podunk, middle of the country, Midwest farm town, bunch of corn around you, you look at life differently. And, and here's what we know. I mean, don't we, we may not admit this, but but we know that you know what? Some of my past, some of my hurts, the way I grew up, the, the people in my life, I, I get it, man. They, they have helped build the frame that I see all of life through. And I understand, and, and we would even admit, sometimes I don't see things right. Sometimes, man, I, my perspective is wrong because of how I grew up. And, and we even say things like, you know what, that's just the way I am. Or, hey, I can't help it. That's just the way I see it. And, and we know that maybe we don't see things exactly right. We know if you're a follower of Jesus that maybe my perspective isn't always the perspective of Jesus. But, man, sometimes we think this is just the way it is. And I'll never see things differently because of all these different things in my life. Over the last few weeks, we've been in this series called Winning the War in Your Mind. And what's so good about what the scriptures say, whether you grew up in church or maybe you're investigating faith, is this, we can change the frame that we see life through. We don't always have to see life through the same frame that we do now. In fact, Paul, he he, he writes a letter to the Corinthians that we've looked at a little bit each week and and he said it this way in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 as he talked about how the, the, the weapons that we have to win the war of our mind are not weapons that are of ourselves, but they're, they're, they're of God. And he says this in 2 Corinthians 10 chapter 4, he says, The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demol- demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. God provides us, and here's what Paul's point was, and we've talked a little bit about this verse. God provides us with tools, He provides us with weapons that are not of ourselves. They're much stronger than our discipline or our intentions. They're divine weapons he provides for us to pull down strongholds and build a frame that we can see life through that is a frame that God sees life through. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to do that on your own, it's hard to do that. It's hard to see life through how God would see life. It's hard to see life through what, what maybe you would say how Jesus saw life when he was here. It's hard to do that because you have all these different things in your world that are impacting you and, and hurts and pains and past and relationships that, man, without you even knowing it was building a frame. And now if you're, if you're honest, you're looking at life and you're saying, you know what? I don't even see life in a healthy way sometimes because of what I am looking through. And Paul was a guy that if anybody needed to have his frame rebuilt, it was Paul, this guy that wrote this. Because Paul, he used to see all of life through a religious workspace system. That's what he saw all of life through. Everything he did in his life, he saw through the frame of, I have to do these things so God's happy with me. And so, man, he did that aggressively. But then what he did is he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and it changed everything for him. The frame he saw life through totally changed. And in another letter that he wrote to a church in Philippi, he, he, he really shows us how his perspective is totally different Because of how he had reframed life because of his relationship with Jesus. If you have your Bible or it's in the app or it'll be on the screen, I want you to look at Philippians chapter 1. And what you'll see is Paul's perspective is is almost absurd. Like as we read this, you're going to say, Paul, I don't get, how do you see what, this, what you're going through? How do you see what's going on in your life through the perspective that you do? It's kind of absurd. I, it just doesn't make sense. It's because of how he framed his life. It says this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. He says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced or moved forward the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Paul, Paul says he's writing this letter to the, the church at Philippi and he's, he's writing this letter from a prison. And he's writing this letter from a prison in Rome where he is uh, being held captive and he has a guard that is chained to him 24 hours a day. He has a Roman guard that is chained to him. I mean, he's never alone. He can never escape. And Paul says this, you know what's happened to me? This is actually advancing the gospel. This is actually moving forward what God wants to do by me being in prison, chained to a guard. Paul goes on and he says this, most of the brother's "...have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment, and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly." Paul's faithfulness in tough circumstances has actually inspired others to be courageous. He says this, "...to be sure some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. These preach Christ of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel." The other proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. Paul says this, he says, you know what? I'm sitting here, I'm chained to a guard 24-7. And while I'm in here chained to a guard, by me being in here and being faithful, people on the outside are gaining courage. They're gaining courage to do things they wouldn't have done if I wasn't in prison. He said, some of them are actually doing it to kind of kick me while I'm down. Some of them are doing it kind of from a selfish place. They're trying to, hey, Paul's out of the picture. And so, hey, it's my turn to be kind of front and center. And so they're doing it for wrong motives. But then he says this, but some are doing it because of their love. Some people are are out there being more bold with the message of Jesus because they love me and they love Jesus. And here's what Paul says. You think, put put yourself in his perspective, like where he's at. He's in prison. He's chained to a guard. He's not able to go. He's not able to do what he wants to do. And yet he's sitting there and he's saying, man, it couldn't be better. This is working out great. Great. Uh, man, I love what I'm hearing on the outside. Uh, I love, man, you don't know how many times I've gotten to tell this guard about Jesus. And, and you know what else is happening? Because I'm in here, some of the, the judges and the people that judge, they're actually having to investigate Christianity further. And so they're, they're like reading the gospel without even knowing it. It's great. And, and then he goes on and he says, what does it matter? Like, I don't care if somebody's preaching because they don't like me or if they're preaching because they do like me. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. He says, Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Paul, he wasn't getting distracted, he wasn't getting discouraged. He didn't care about his critics because he saw things through a different frame. And so what what seemed to be like, wow, this is not a good situation, Paul, man, call me when you get out. He's like, "Ah, there's no place I'd rather be. This is working out great. Verse 19, because I know this will lead to my salvation. Through your prayers and help from the spirit of Jesus Christ. Paul could have looked at this season of his life through the frame of human failure. No one would have blamed him. He could have looked at this like, man, star players on the sideline. I can't go to new cities and start new churches. Yeah, we'll just kind of wait this one out. And then when when I get kind of get out of this thing, we'll get back to work. And honestly, nobody would have blamed him. Like, yeah, Paul, I get it. You're in jail, dude. But but Paul, what was cool is that the impact of Paul's life was the reason he was able to take this opportunity instead of make, seeing it as an obstacle, he saw it as an opportunity is because of how he framed life. And, and what's cool is as, as Paul is, is in there and, and he's People are are looking at his perspective, and man, Paul, you're continuing to be faithful while you're in prison? Well, I guess I can love my neighbor while I'm out. I I guess I can maybe share Christ with with the guy I work with. I mean, if if you're going to keep doing this thing, I mean, you really believe this stuff, Paul, because you're actually doing this stuff while you're in prison. You're not waiting to get out. You're looking at this obstacle as an opportunity because you see life differently, Paul, you look at life through a different frame than most people. This past week, in fact, last Sunday, as soon as I got done at church, I flew to Kansas City and, and I spent three days there. And I think we have a picture of the group of guys that I was with. If you look at this group, uh, there's this guy right here. His name's Nate, in the black sweatshirt and the hat. Met a lot of great guys, but this guy, Nate, I want to tell you about him because Nate sees life through a different frame than most people his age. Nate is a guy that grew up in a pretty affluent home. His dad is either about to become the CEO or just became the CEO of a company you would know about. And uh, so he grew up in a pretty good home, went went to a great college, got a great education, and then found himself in the middle of Manhattan in an accounting office, really an early 20 year old with a dream job. I mean, he, he lives in one of the greatest cities in the world. He's doing a, a job that he enjoys. He's making great money. From a human perspective, my friend Nate is doing pretty well. I mean, what, what mid-20-year-old wouldn't trade in what they're doing for, like, I, you can live in, in Manhattan and have a great job and make great money? And that's what he was doing. And, and he, was, he wasn't being a bad I mean, he like loves the Lord, and he was doing that, you know, with the right perspective, but but then Nate decided to do something else. And, and from a human perspective, as God began to move in his heart, some people would look at Nate and say, you are ridiculous. Basically what Nate did is he left his high-paying job in Manhattan. He came back to Kansas City to enter a one-year ministry training uh, kind of school, a residency. And he and his wife, on May 5th, Are getting on a plane and going to the Amazon, and they're going to spend their life starting churches in villages along the Amazon. And when I when I heard his testimony and got a chance to meet Nate, just a super sharp guy, super nice guy, I was just so impressed with him. A lot of people would would look at him and, and wonder, man, what what I mean, they might not say it out loud, but they'd be like, dude, what are you thinking? Like, you can support a lot of missionaries by doing what you were doing in Manhattan and, and making a lot of money. And I mean, and that, that would be a good thing. But, but for Nate, see, he saw eternity. He saw people. He saw Jesus through a different frame than most people his age. And as a result, for Nate, it makes 100% sense that he and his young wife would get on a plane and go give their life to tell people about Jesus that would never hear if someone like him didn't show up. See, the frame I look at life through will determine my direction and impact. And you you hear stories about Paul, and you you hear about a guy like Nate, and we're not all supposed to go to the Amazon, and we're not all hopefully going to like be beheaded and imprisoned and kind of go through what Paul went through. It's not what we're here to talk about, but I think we would all admit that, that we want to spend our lives and we want to see life the right way so we spend our lives on the opportunities that matter. And probably for most of us, we could look back at our life. In fact, we, we say it this way, hindsight is twenty twenty. We can look back at our life and see missed opportunities simply because we didn't see things the right way. And, and as, as Paul is talking to us from the, you know, the, the letter he wrote to the people in Philippi, and as we, we hear a testimony of a guy like Nate, it just, it just challenges us to say, okay, do I see life through the right frame? Like, am I, I going to get to the end of my life and, and look back and say, I missed it because I was never looking at life through the right frame? Which leads us to an obvious question. What makes up the frame you see life through? What, what, like, as you think about, your, maybe you've never thought of it this way, but, but when, you, when you think about how you see life, what makes up the frame you see life through? For some, if you're honest, you say my feelings. I just kind of see life through whatever I feel like. And so if I'm happy, I see life happy. If, I, if I'm sad, I see life. And my, my feelings dictate my frame. That's, that's an honest answer. Maybe you would say, hey, Chris, it's for me, I, I see life through kind of a personal comfort safety frame. Like I'm always, I'm a, I live a kind of a fearful life. And so I'm always looking at life with a little bit of anxiety. And I'm always looking to like, man, we, are we going to be safe? Is everybody going to be okay? And I'm, I just look at everything in life through that frame. Maybe for you would say, man, I, I look through a frame of, of pleasing people and, and i don 't maybe like to admit that chris, but if i 'm honest when I look at life and I look at my relationships and I kind of look at how I do things i 'm always looking through a frame of am I making them happy? Are they happy with me or maybe maybe you would say, Chris, I, I look through the frame of my past chris there 's just some baggage that I have and some things i 've been involved in and some things I've done over the years, and, and I hate it, but I, I kind of I see everything in my life now through what I did a long time ago. What, what, what frame is it for you? What do you see life through? And here's the, the question, because Paul, Paul wrote this not so that we could all be like, well, stink. well, I guess that's just the way it's going to be. I'm always going to see life that way. I'm always going to see life through my past. I'm always going to see life through pride or anxiety. That's just the way it's always going to be. It's just how I am. Paul says, no, 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 no. God has provided you with some weapons. He's provided you with some things that will help you tear down strongholds in your mind. God will help you rip away that frame and put up a frame that's healthy and biblical and one that would please Jesus and allow you to use your life for what God wants you to. So so what could change? I just want you to think about it. Whether you're watching online or you're here with us this morning, what could change if you reframed how you looked at life? Like, what would change in your life if you reframed how you looked at failure? How you looked at success? How you looked at trials? How you looked at, and you, you fill in the blank. What might change if you reframed how you saw life? See, seeing things the right way requires us to look at life through the frame of two things. Let me give you two things that if you would say, and, and if, if you wouldn't, we probably would believe that you're lying because all of us, if we're honest, we'd say, you know what? At times my frame is a little bit jacked up. And, and so, yeah, there's, there's times that I, I see life through a frame that isn't good. And, and man, I, I need some help building a frame that pleases God and allows me to live and think in a healthy way and so what would I need in that frame and what would need to make up that frame there's two things the first one is this and it's like a duh but let me explain it God's work in the world part of our frame needs to be made up of God's work in the world and here's what I mean When part of the frame I see life through is God's work in the world, I see people and my interaction with them in a new way. Instead of seeing people as an interruption or competition, we begin to see people through the, the frame of, hey, this is someone God loves. This is someone that God sent his son to die for. This is someone that God desperately wants a relationship. When I see life through the frame of what God is doing in our world, I see people differently. I don't look at them as interruptions. I don't look at them as competition. I see them through the frame how God sees them. And, and it's, that's why Paul could sit in prison and see the, the soldiers, the people that were around him. That's why he could say, man, this is working out well. Because Paul saw life through the frame of God's work. And so Paul knew, hey, this soldier right here is valuable to God. This soldier is someone that Jesus gave his life for. This soldier is somebody that is going to spend eternity somewhere. And so thank you, God, for putting me here so I could talk to the soldier about you. Because Paul saw the soldier through the frame of what God was doing, God's work. But not only do we need to see things through the frame of God's work in the world, but the second thing we need to see, we need to see it through God's work in our life. And here's what I mean by that. Romans 8 chapter 29 is a verse that has, actually I was told by a counselor about seven years ago. And basically what Romans 8 verse 29 says is that God's goal for you God's desire for you, if you're a follower of his, is to make you look more like Jesus. And I don't know about you, if you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, you could probably raise your hand and high five me on this one. That's not always a super comfortable process. You got it? I mean, it's not always a comfortable process to become more like Jesus. It's not always a comfortable process for God to do things in my life that maybe are a little tough, but help me look more like his son. But, but when I look at life through the frame of first God's work in the world, I see people differently. When I look at, at life through the frame of God's work in me, I understand that, you know what? Some of the things that look like obstacles, some of the things that look like trials, some of the things that I would trade in if I could are actually tools that God's using to make me look more like his son. In fact, Jesus' brother, James, he actually said it this way. James said this, he said, Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing or proving of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete lacking nothing james Jesus' own brother imagine that imagine growing up with a perfect brother that would just be james there's a special place in heaven for you buddy but but imagine being james and James, he grew up with this perfect brother that he honestly did not believe in, and he wasn't. It wasn't until after Jesus rose from the dead that that James even bought into the whole thing. But after he did, man, he went all in. And James, he's writing to some some people that are going through some tough times, and he says, "Hey guys, look at your trials. Look at your tough times. Look at it through a different frame." Don't, don't run away from them. Don't, don't, don't think, hey, what did I do wrong to deserve this? Look at it through this. God loves you so much, he wants to mature you. He wants to make you more like Jesus. And so he's using some of these trials to mature you, to help you. See, when I look at life through the frame of God's work in my life, I'll see failure, trials, You'll see that, that, that moment in your life that you would not have done. That God took some failure of yours. God even took the sin that you committed and he said, you know what, what, what Satan meant for evil? I'm going to take even your mistakes and I'm going to use them to make you look more like Jesus. And it all comes down to how we frame our lives. See, some of the biggest disappointments that we have are actually God saying, hey, I love you so much that I'm going to let this be in your life because it's going to make you look more like my son. You're like, God, that's a different way to look at it. He says, exactly. That's exactly right. Because I love you so much, I'm going to allow this into your life Or I'm going to take what Satan meant for evil and I'm going to turn it into something and I'm going to take ashes and I'm going to make them beautiful all because I want you to look more like Jesus. But if you don't frame it up right, you're going to run from that failure. You're going to be embarrassed by that and that's actually the catalyst in your life to make you what I want you to be. See, we go back to that statement, and the statement's this, the frame I look at life through will determine my direction and impact. So I asked you this earlier, and I want you to think about it. What could change if you reframed how you looked at life? If you began to look at life through God's work in the world... And God's work in you and everything you saw in your job, everything you saw in your family, everything you saw as an athlete on your team, you begin to look at that through the frame of God is doing something here and God's doing something in me. I want to lean into what he's doing. It would change everything. The, The story, it would play out differently for all of us, but here's what would be the same. None of us would regret it. None of us are going to get to the end of our life and regret. You know what? I regret seeing things through the frame that God wanted me to see things through. No, what we will do is we'll get to the end of our life and we'll be laying there with all the people that love us around us. And if we have lived our life and we've spent our life looking through a frame of greed, looking through a frame of trying to please people, and spending our life looking through the wrong frame, we will regret it. But we don't have to. Because, as Paul told us, we've been given tools that are not of us. They're much more powerful than we could ever build to pull down strongholds and reframe our thinking so that we can please God with our life. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the fact that though we struggle with our thinking, Every single one of us, if we're honest, would probably even say, this week, I've looked at some situations, I've looked at some relationships, probably through the wrong frame. And, and because I've looked through the wrong frame, I've developed envy, I've developed bitterness, I've developed anxiety, and, and, and it's really because I've, I've been looking at things through that wrong frame. Lord, I pray that this week that we would be willing to say, all right, this week I want to begin to look at things through the frame of God's work in the world and God's work in my life. So tomorrow when I go to work or this afternoon when I go to work, this afternoon when I'm interacting with my family, I'm going to look at those interactions through the frame not of pleasing people, not of anxiety, not of pride. I'm going to look at those interactions through. God is at work here, and God is at work in me. And God, I pray as as we change our frame, that you would lead us, help us to be sensitive to what you're doing, and how we can be a part of your work in the world. In Jesus' name, amen.